And we said the scholars introduced three stations of khushu'. Number one is the waiting period. When we wait for salah through wudu, I wash my face and I, ask, I say, Allah, forgive the sins of my face, forgive the sins of my eyes, forgive the sins of my tongue. And the second time I wash, I say, oh Allah, empower those eyes and this tongue and my face to do that which pleases you. Not something that displeases you and is sinful. You've blessed me with those eyes. Now how do I repay you for this blessing? With sin or with obedience? Then I say, oh Allah, this right hand, whatever sins it has accumulated, wash them away. That's why you wash from top to bottom because the water flows down. To wash away the sins. Oh Allah, from head to toe, I belong to you. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. This waiting period puts me in the mode for salah. Then the adhan, and I call and I hear the adhan, and I repeat after the adhan. Do you think that there is no philosophy behind having thawab when the mu'adhan says Allahu Akbar and we say Allah, is this just for fun some people do? Is this some sort of ritual? No. This tells me and you that we are paying attention to the call of adhan. We're observing silence. We're putting ourselves into the environment and the atmosphere of salah. So the first station is the station of waiting, shawq, missing salah. Rasulullah would tell Bilal, Ya Bilal, arihna. Bilal, bring comfort to us. Meaning go do the adhan. Bring ease and tranquility to our hearts. Meaning go and do the adhan. Alladheena hum fi salatihim khash'oon. But we also need to know that when Allah speaks of salah here, He doesn't just mean our day, daily prayers. Because salah at the time of Islam was referred to as to the five daily prayers, any form of prayers, and also supplication, any form of communication with Allah. Even dua was referred to as salah in the Quran. So this means every time you stand in front of Allah, you pray, for, you pray for Allah and to Allah. What do I mean? You pray for Allah and to Allah. One day, Imam Ali came into the masjid and he saw someone, and the, the hadith says, Kana yasruqu min sujudihi wa He would, you know, make the ruku' so fast, the sujood so fast, and he was not humble at all in his prayers. He had no khushu'. So when he finished his salah, Imam Ali said to him, repeat your salah. So he stood, Allahu Akbar, Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim. And he shed some tears and ruku' slow, sujood slow. He finished, he said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, how is this? He says, both of them were not done for Allah. And were not done to Allah. He says, why? He says, the first one, you have no shame you stand in front of Allah, you not, do we not realize that this earth, this entire earth that we live in, 
as one planet amongst four billion other planets and we are an insignificant drop in the existence on the face of this earth and we stand in front of the most high, most powerful creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet, when we stand in front of Him, we stand in front of Him and we play with our fingers and we comb our beard and we move around and we look around and we have no khushu'. So the first one was not to Allah, you're playing. Because if you really know that you're standing in front of Allah, the creator of this universe, then you would have khushu'. Just like if you go and stand in front of somebody who's important. You're not going to be playing with your phone and playing with your fingers and looking all over when he's speaking to you or you're speaking to him. So it was not for Allah. And the second one was also not for Allah as well because you prayed so we see you, you know, you know how to read and you were crying and you were so spiritual. It wasn't for Allah. It was for the people. It was a show. Khushu' is indeed being aware of all those things. The mannerism and how we perform our salah. That is why Rasulullah, who Amir al-Mu'mineen himself, you know, Amir al-Mu'mineen would stay up all night in ibadah. Rasulullah would stay up all night in ibadah. Ya ayyuhal muzzammil qum al-layla illa qalila nisfahu. أو تقص منه قليلا وزد عليه أو زد عليه ورتل القرآن ترتيلا. He stood up all the night. But the salah that they had in the masjid was how? Very fast, very convenient, like fast food. Because there are people in the masjid. Some of them are ill, and there are children, and some of them are weak, and some of them cannot concentrate for such a long time. So Rasulullah teaches me. Teaches you, Amir al-Mu'mineen, in their salah to be fast and convenient. If you want to have a long, prolonged salah, take that home, Habibi. 15 minute ruku' and half an hour sujood, take that home. And that is how you bring khushu' to yourself. If you train yourself at home of that state of khushu' then it is easy for you in the masjid and in Salat al-Jama'ah to be in that state of khushu' immediately. So the first station is the station of waiting for Salat. The second one is the station of giving might, importance to the Salat. Maqamul Ijlal. The first one is Maqamul Shawq. The second one is Maqamul Ijlal. If you were to meet the most important person alive today, I don't know who they may be, I don't want to mention names. Uh, if you were to meet him, how would you go? If you've had, you know, about half a, a dozen of onions, would you go and speak to this person? If you haven't taken a shower, would you speak to this person? If you're not wearing your best of attire, would you show up to that meeting? If you don't smell good, would you show up to that meeting? If you haven't combed your hair and your beard, would you show up to that meeting? Khushu' also comes from the way and the mannerism we perceive salah and the meeting of Allah. Don't tell me that, you know, when you go to your business, 
And you go to your office, you have to look neat and presentable, and you know, you put the cologne and you comb your beard and you wear the nice attires. But when you come to the masjid, no, we wear something comfortable. And sometimes if we eat, you know, onions and we don't smell good, then we show up at the masjid. <laughs> That's not the case. It's makruh. It is disliked. It's mustahab to be in the masjid. But it's disliked for you to carry bad smell inside the masjid. And wallahi, sometimes I am puzzled. I go to masajid and it smells. Whether it smells like feet or smells like food. Why? Because the same hall that we pray in, it's the same hall we eat in. And we sweat in. So imagine in Ramadan, 30 days they're bringing chutney every day to the masjid and there they're praying and there they're reading, sitting for 4 or 5 hours and 300 people are there. How would it smell after 10, 12 days? How can you stand this carpet after 30 days? It smells like a rainbow of things, you know. Brothers, Imam Al-Hussein in the beginning of the month of Ramadan would send his servant to bring him the most expensive of perfumes. The most expensive of scents. And he would put the most beautiful of scents before he came to the masjid. Don't say this is Israf because you're doing this for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the believers. And the house of Allah. And the sanctuary of Allah. So go and invest in some good smells, good scents. There is nothing wrong with that. And don't say, you know, I only use them when I go to special events or I go to, you know, weddings. Because some people, they only use it when they go to, you know. This is a special event. Coming to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Coming to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have to learn, brothers and sisters, sometimes... We live in this country, but sometimes we don't look around to learn from others. For example, once you go to the most ghetto of neighborhoods here in America, go to church. Do you see anybody dressed in funky clothes? No. Even those people who make minimum wage, they wear a suit, they look presentable, they show up at church. Here... We drive the $200,000 and $150,000 cars and we come with Walmart clothes. This is the difference. And then you go to church on Sunday. Do you see people standing outside? While the person is giving a sermon, the pastor is giving a sermon and they're praying or they're educating themselves or whatever they do there. Do you see people standing outside, socializing? Why? Because there's other venues for socialization. If you want to socialize, if you want to do backbiting, God forbid, if you want to do ghiba, if you want to just eat. You know, some people show up, mashallah, at the masjid, just eat. Habibi, there is buffets. About 50,000 buffets here. Go and enjoy the food there. They have much better food than here. Here is a place... That offers food for the soul and food for the mind. And don't say this is the responsibility of Jawad Qazwini. Jawad Qazwini has to tell the people don't congregate outside. Jawad Qazwini has to tell them to come presentable to the masjid. The Mawlana is the one that has to tell them do not, for example, belittle the value of an Islamic center. It's not our duty. In fact, it is your duty. 
Because a community of believers, they teach one another. And they are a mirror to one another and they are a reflection to one another. So we teach each other and we help each other perfect ourselves. The third station is maqamul miskeen. To receive khushu'. What is maqamul miskeen? It's the maqam of a person who understands I am nothing besides Allah. I am nothing without God. I need Him. Without Him, I cannot even perform the salah. Bihawlillahi wa quwwatihi aqoomu wa aqood. Specifically when you do your qunut and you pray to Allah, you raise your hands as a miskeen. You raise your hand as somebody begging to Him. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ And the last ayah, several sentences and we conclude. And those who disregard vain talk. Some scholars have said this means music, so they don't listen to music. And I have just recently spoken about music and how whether those ayats really speak about music or something else. And maybe we'll discuss that if we have time. But the Mufassireen, the vast majority of Mufassireen have stated this means, this speaks of fuhsh. What is fuhsh? Swearing. A true believer, a mu'min does not swear. Even at people he dislikes or he hates. You don't swear. In fact, the fuqaha have said, if somebody swears at you, you are allowed to swear back. This is qisas. Somebody slaps you, so they bring you in front of a judge. He says, you slap this guy? Yes, you get to slap him. Or you forgive. Somebody takes something from you, you can do that. So there's justice, even in fuhsh, the scholars have said. Somebody curses you, you may curse him back, but you cannot increase. For example, for example, somebody calls your name, you say to him the same thing, and your father, and your uncle, and your whole clan. That's haram. That doesn't work that way. Only if you're fasting. The scholars say you cannot do qisas of fuhsh if you're fasting. Allahu Akbar. It's allowed. But if somebody curses you, you cannot curse back and swear at them if you're fasting because it breaks your fast. And the priority is to keep your fasting, your siyam. And ultimately, fasting is meant to take us where? This 30 days is a training period for the rest of the year. So in those 30 days, I train myself to put this tongue on a lockdown for the rest of the year. Not that, you know, as soon as I finish my siyam, then, you know, the swearing begins and the, the tongue is cut loose. And then, or some people wait until the day of Eid. Day of Eid, mashallah, you know. This is meant to be taken away from the Holy Quran. And this is meant to be our guide. Shahru Ramadan, Alladhi unzila fihi al-Quran, Hudan lil-Nas. It's meant to be a form of guidance, not just a book we read and we say, MashaAllah, you know, there's so much blessings. You read one ayah in the month of Ramadan, it's as if you've read the Holy Quran in the whole year. No, if you take one ayah and that ayah changes your life, and it becomes a mean of your guidance, then it's equivalent to reciting the Holy Quran 
and the entire year. But not when we read the Quran without comprehension. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.